Well, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle, the Christian girl's guide to modern dating. We are here to help you date with confidence while honoring the Lord and to show you that your identity and contentment are in Christ. We're going to give you the tools you need to date successfully and to be set up well for success in a godly marriage. If you've ever felt like you didn't really belong with any of the extremes in dating today, well, neither did we. So you're not alone. That's why we're here looking for the middle. And welcome to another quarantined episode. Yay. I'm just really liking that we can actually do this. Me too. I have become so thankful for technology over the last month or so. More than I ever thought I would be. (laughs) I told my parents the other day, I'm like, what if this had happened when y'all were kids? Like y'all were miserable. Yeah. It would have, it would have been rough. Especially with one phone line per family that my mom would have died. (laughs) That's all she did was talk on the phone and go see people. funny. Well, and I mean, if you think about it too, like our economy is like really struggling now, but think of how many people can still work from home. I'm I'm not lessening the impact of people who can't, but like if this had been 30, 40 years ago, even 20, really, this had been around the turn of the century. I think the economic impact would have been so much greater because people would not have been able to work remotely. That's such a good point. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Well, speaking of technology, if you're not already following (laughs) us on social media, you should because we're fun and we've started doing live Instagram videos every Friday while Couchcast is not being recorded. So if you don't follow us on Instagram or Facebook, you can find us on Facebook at Looking for the Middle Podcast and Instagram at LFTM underscore podcast. And like I said, this Friday two days from now at a time that we have not decided on as of recording this, but it may have been announced already. So we'll work on that. (laughs) Uh, We are going live and answering your questions. So you should join us for that. And we would absolutely love it. Yep. Okay. Okay. Are you ready for my question of the day, Beth? I'm ready. What are two to three things that you have bought on Amazon since we've been quarantined? Ooh. Don't say toilet paper. Ah, that was my first one because I have. <laughs> I Talk bought. You can find it, honestly. I, well, it's not here yet. I ordered it like a week ago. Uh, okay. <laughs> it was more of like a like way back up, like in case I need it, some's coming kind of thing. It's my contingency plan. No, I bought <laughs> ink for my printer. Okay. Um, I bought. Oh man, what have I bought? I'm gonna have to go look at my Amazon look up your order, order history. history. Yeah. Whoa, I actually haven't. Really? Yeah. I'm looking here at my my Amazon order history. I I I've bought ink for my printer and that's it since we've been that's in quarantine it. from Amazon toilet now. Paper. And toilet paper. Yeah. Okay. So one uh I'll give you one random thing that I've gone and bought though. Okay. I um I found out, and this is a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if they're even still open now, but um, Michael's was doing curbside pickup. Like you could order stuff online and go pick it up the same day from the store. And I was like, well, I need some craft projects. So I had been seeing these ads for these like needle punch like kit things like all over Instagram. I remember you telling me about them. And they me. look so fun. So I was like, ooh, I'll see if Michael's has some. And they did. So I went and picked them up. And it's not as easy as Instagram makes it look. <laughs> oh, man. That's the worst. So anyway. It's like the equivalent it was kind of, of the a bust. seen on TV things that we used to see growing totally. up. Totally. Yeah. So it was kind of a bust. But yeah, I mean, I've gotten... I've I've had to do a couple of like grocery pickups, but not I haven't done a lot on Amazon. 
Okay. Good for What you. about you? Oh, I've bought way too much on Amazon. <laughs> Ooh, fun. What, what um, is it? I bought a new letter board that's double-sided. Oh. So it's black on one side and gray on the other. Well, aren't you fancy? Yep. I actually got a lot of stuff for my room, like pillows. <laughs> and I bought new curtains the other oh, day. Oh, wow. Um, I bought a jewelry organizer. Uh, but my most recent purchase that I'm very excited about is I bought a keyboard piano. Um, Whoa. Not, not like an insanely expensive. It was like $60. I almost oh, bought a okay. child's one, which would have been really funny because I was like, oh, this is cute. And then I look at the pictures and the keys are about half the size that they normally are because they're <laughs> like fine prints. Like, please know this is a children's toy. Like, well, this would have been terrible. You'd be um, like one of those people who bought something off Amazon thinking it was like a full-size dress and it was like for a Barbie or something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I bought like, it's a decent, like, you know, beginner's keyboard kind of like the one I used to have okay years ago but I have been thinking this whole time like wow I really miss because I went through this little stint of teaching myself piano on YouTube yeah I'm like wow I really missed that well this is a great time to do it so I bought the keyboard and then I was up till like one in the morning last night watching YouTube piano tutorials that's awesome <laughs> Figuring out I love I it to learn to play so if anybody's been wanting to learn a musical instrument now might be your chance <laughs> okay so enough about our uh, well, my Amazon uh, overpurchasing, Bethany's doing a great job in practicing self-control. We are talking today about the difference between being alone and being lonely. Now, we thought this was very timely. Yes, the times. We, yes, we actually had this originally coming out in like two or three weeks. And when we got on to record this, Bethany was like, I think we should probably move this one up. And I was like, that's a very good call. So we're going to talk all about loneliness since we are all stuck in our homes for the foreseeable future and we're going to give you like we like to the theological like biblical side of dealing with loneliness and also we're going to give you some practical tips at the end to really fight these feelings when it can be super overwhelming so the first thing i would like to do is because i'm a word nerd give us definitions for alone and lonely just so we can distinguish between the two is that the right define your terms that's what we gotta do Okay, so the definition for alone is having no one else present, being on your own, or being single was actually one of the ones I found, which I thought was kind of funny. And then lonely is feeling sad because you have no company, feeling isolated, or being cut off from others. So they are different. They're from the same root obviously but they are different things the one thing that jumped out to me when we were talking about this and i was reading through both of those things is that alone is a state of being lonely or loneliness is a feeling and one thing to keep in mind as we're talking through this is you can change your feelings even if you can't do much about your state of being so that i think is at its core, the biggest difference in being alone and being lonely. And I want to point out too, that just because you feel something doesn't mean it's always true. I think as girls, we're very familiar with that. (laughs) We know that, we know that to be true, that our feelings aren't always true. It doesn't make it easy to fight them though. Um, And so I think when when we're in those places of feeling lonely, one of the biggest things we can do is speak truth to ourselves. And the one source of absolute truth in our lives when it comes to that is God's word. 
And so there's a couple of verses that are so helpful to me in those places. It's in Romans 8, verses 38 and 39. It says, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In our loneliness, we're not alone. We, we have someone who is with us. God is always with us. He, his love is always around us as his children. So when you have those feelings of loneliness, it's kind of like we were talking about last Friday when we were on Couchcast. Actually, we were talking about feelings. It was in a different context and we weren't talking about loneliness specifically. But Kristen said it's really important to not suppress your feelings, but to deal with them. I think we were talking then in the context of breakups if I'm remembering correctly mm-hmm. um, and like moving on from a relationship but she talked about not suppressing those feelings but dealing with them and dealing with them biblically which is to speak the truth of God's word to yourself and in that same vein when you have those feelings you don't want to feed them if they're not true you don't want to feed those feelings so you have this spectrum of suppressing feelings all the way to like feeding every feeling that you you're feeling whether it's true or not and so I think <laughs> as we do with so many other things around here, you have to find the middle. The middle ground is to deal with those feelings and deal with them biblically, which means if they're not true and it's not right, then you get rid of them. Now, am I, I don't want that to come across as me saying that feeling lonely is wrong. It's not. If a lonely, I felt lonely. I think it's how you deal with it. And dealing with it is not letting it spiral into this pity party, but saying, okay, I'm feeling lonely. What does God say about who I am, though, and what he is to me? And what he says is nothing can separate us from his love, and he is always with us. So speak that truth to yourself and run with that. Don't run with that feeling of loneliness, but get that focus off of yourself. We talk about in the context of breakups, you know, when you're healing from that, that, you know, as time goes on and you're working through it, you don't want to continue to, you know, we joke about like, don't listen to sad breakup songs for six months straight because it gets your head in that space. And that's like yeah. a really, you know, simple thing to change. And the same thing goes here. Like, don't, like Bethany said, just feed those feelings, whatever that is for you. And maybe take some time to think, okay, what am I doing that could be feeding this feeling of loneliness? And then stop, like, don't, you know, <laughs> stop just, it. Yeah. Just, you know, and that, is way easier said than done, obviously, because you've got to figure out what those things are. But taking action on that is going to help you not feed into it. and But it's also going to help you deal with it and not suppress it either. So finding, again, looking for the middle, like Bethany <laughs> said. I, whenever I think about loneliness, I go back to this quote from She's Got the Wrong Guy, Why Smart Women Settle. It's an incredible book. Highly recommend it by Deepak Raju very certain that I think I actually got that pronunciation right this time. (laughs) Um, But I will never forget this one line that he wrote. He said, being single and lonely is better than being married and lonely. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. And (laughs) I have it in, I think, three different journals. I'm like, I'm not going to forget this because it was this moment of, okay, yeah, well, loneliness, it makes sense when you're single to an extent because you are physically a lot like that is your state of being but when you're supposed to be in a relationship with somebody that's not somewhere you should technically feel lonely yeah I mean I guarantee you if you talk to any married person they have felt lonely at some point in their relationship which kind of goes back to what we were saying before alone is a state of being you can be alone and not lonely and 
vice versa. You can be with someone else and be lonely. So I think as single women, it's so, or single people in general, it's so easy because people assume that when you're not with someone, you're lonely, that we tie the two together unnecessarily. And we just say, well, one goes with the other. And that doesn't have to be the case. You don't have to be lonely just because you're alone and just because everybody assumes that you are. So yeah. don't let don't let those be put together in your mind when they don't have to be. Yeah, they don't have to be a package deal. Exactly. And, you know, this is something, this quote I go back to a lot because when I read it, I hadn't really ever experienced that. Obviously, I mean, not in the context of marriage, obviously, because I've never been married. But (laughs) as far as date, I never dated somebody and felt lonely when I was dating them. And then about a year after I read this book, I got into a relationship and towards the end, like in the weeks leading up to the breakup, I felt very lonely and the guy I was with became super distant and looking back now I can kind of see why but I didn't know at the time but I knew I just felt super lonely I'm like I'm not supposed to feel lonely right now like I am with someone and I never expected to experience that and now knowing what that feels like I never want to feel that again like it was a terrible feeling and so if that means that I have to wait right now and deal with being lonely while I'm single which like Bethany said does not have to be a constant feeling that I'm, will it come and go? Absolutely. But it does not have to be constant just because I'm single. But if I have to navigate that and wait until I meet somebody who, for the most part, not that I'm saying he's going to be perfect, but like for the most part, my goal is to marry someone who's not going to make me feel lonely. Then I'll wait and I'll deal with the loneliness more so now. So I don't have to deal with it later on this, you know, type of a scale. So that would be my encouragement to you is Yes, I know feeling lonely is a really sucky feeling and it's not easy to handle. And particularly right now with the circumstance of our world. And then, you know, you see all your couple friends posting their first picture with their spouse or boyfriend or whoever on Instagram. And you're like, where's my cat? Like, let's take a picture. But I have a dust bunny in the yeah. corner that we could take a this picture. This would be our first picture. Jeez. Um, but I know it's hard, but think okay you know what I if I need to just wait a little bit longer or a little or a lot longer depending on your circumstance yeah and learn how to handle this biblically and practically now so that I set myself up better for a relationship in the future then I will and that's yeah. what we talk about in our no our new and improved intro that we tweaked like three times in the past <laughs> but we're finally we're finally We've stuck on one. And we're yes. stuck on it. But, you know, we say we want to give you the tools to help you date successfully and be set up well for success in a godly marriage. And learning how to cope with loneliness in a godly way is going to set you up well for marriage. Absolutely. I think one way that you can look at that now is that the better you learn to deal with this biblically and to address it biblically, now you will be better off. The way that sets you up for success is that in the future, you're not going to be looking for your feeling of loneliness or not to be contingent upon this guy. You won't feel lonely in a marriage because you know that's not up to him to fulfill. You won't feel lonely because you're waiting for him to do things that you want him to. You will know that 
God is your source of comfort and he is your source of true contentment. And you're not going to be putting that onto a guy that's not his to fill, which we talk about a lot. And so a big part of learning to deal with it now is that you have the tools in your arsenal to deal with it so that when you get to that point in a relationship, you're not freaking out and crumbling and thinking your relationship is falling apart. You know how to deal with it. And once you've done that, if there's still like an unwillingness to compromise or he's not invested, then you know that it's a sign of the relationship having trouble, not just your feelings being out of control, which yeah. I think is kind of how you were not, not out of control. I'm saying the good side of it in reference to your relationship before, like you dealt with that well, and then you could look at it more objectively and say, okay, there really is something wrong here. Not just my feelings are out of whack, you know? Yeah. Thank you. You're Thanks welcome. <laughs> yeah. I think the you know, the 10,000 foot view of what we're talking about here really boils down to the fact that we want to be at a place where I don't need a husband. And I don't mean that in the, oh, girl power, I'm fine by myself. Like, do with that what you will. But I, I can live my life and I can glorify the Lord and I can follow Jesus without a husband. I don't need him. I don't need him to be happy. I don't need him to be content. I don't need him to not feel lonely, you know, fill in the blank of whatever that is for you. Mm-hmm. But I can still have this desire to want a husband and to want what that relationship, you know, all the good that comes from it and all the ways that I could honor the Lord being married. So whatever it is for you, whether it's loneliness or contentment or whatever, the goal is to get to a place by the grace of God that you realize, you know what, I don't need this, but I want it. And yes. I can learn to live without it and, and be in a very healthy state of mind and being through all that. Yeah, that's where Philippians 4.13, this is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That gets so ripped out of context all the time. It's not even funny. But what you were just talking about is exactly what that verse is talking about. Because Paul's talking about, I have learned to be content in whatever situation I'm in. I've learned to be hungry and I've learned to be full. I've learned to be in need and not. And he goes through these several comparisons. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He says, I can be content in whatever situation I am in because Christ is strengthening me to do it. That's the context of that verse. And that's exactly what you were just talking about. Yeah, that's good. Whenever I finally studied that verse enough I think it was in like late high school early college before because you know the whole Tim Tebow era it's like oh anybody can do anything when I tied it to contentment I was like oh that's yeah what. and it just gave mm-hmm. it was almost even more comforting yeah when you realize that that's what it's tied to is not just like oh I can do anything it's no I can be content regardless and it's just really like overwhelming sense of peace that you know what even if my life looks nothing like I thought it would that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be able to be content yeah it's so hopeful it is yeah it really is and and in that verse your hope that comes from that is not contingent on your performance it's contingent on Christ's work in you which will never fail if you're pursuing him and his word and the the freedom that comes through that is so great It is. It's so good. Okay. So before we wrap up here, guys, we're going to give you some practical tips for fighting loneliness. So we have a few. Bethany, would you like to kick us off with our first one? Sure. When we were talking about this, the first thing that came to my mind was if you're wanting to combat loneliness is 
serve. Get out there and serve others. We said at the very beginning, you know, work on getting that focus off of yourself. And so I think within that even specifically serve other people who might be prone to loneliness. Maybe there's an older lady in your church who's widowed and she's by herself. Well, give her a call, run some errands for her. Go, you know, go just be with her for an hour. Not right now. Once you're allowed to, I'm not (laughs) condoning anything no one should be doing or whatever, but you know, maybe it's a single mom in your church or, you know, something like that. Get outside of yourself, serve, be helpful to other people, and especially other people who might be prone to loneliness as well, because you can relate to that. So I think when you are in a place of being able to relate, you're able to serve better because you know what would be service to you too. Yeah. And serving doesn't always mean it has to look like mission work either. I mean, those are like, obviously you can go do wonderful, helpful things to serve other people. But serving in this case right now could be call one of your single friends who's probably feeling the same way you are and ask them to FaceTime over lunch or over dinner and just talk. Like find one of your friends who lives alone. I know Bethany and I are super uh, blessed that we have roommates, so we're not totally alone in this, but there are a lot of people who live by themselves. And so call them, talk to them, go have a social distance picnic like we did (laughs) last week where you sit six feet apart and you eat. But, you know, having conversation with somebody who might also be feeling lonely is a really good way to, you know, serve and to minister to other people. And one of the greatest things I think about serving, not from a selfish standpoint, but I think this is just shows how cool God is that he designed it this way is you always get so much out of serving, whether that's why you're doing it or not. Mm-hmm. And you encouraging other people, ministering to other people, serving other people, it's not a one-way street. Like it's so good for your heart and for your state of mind. So just, you know, think about maybe this week, okay, what are some ways that I could go serve somebody who may be feeling lonely right now and see, you know, what God does through that. I love it. I think another good one is to talk to your mentors or maybe friends who are in a different season or even married people. We were just saying, go serve someone who might be in the same place of feeling lonely as you are. I I would say talking to that person about feeling lonely might not be the best idea because you may just find both of you in this cycle of, you know, perpetuating that, but talk to a mentor or talk to someone who's in who is married. Um, And I think there's so much value in talking to people who are a couple of steps ahead of you. If for nothing else, offering the encouragement and the perspective of, like we said before, the way you're feeling now, this loneliness is not relegated to singleness. It is everything. And it just kind of encouraged you to continue to work on it, continue to battle it and continue to deal with it rightly. Yeah, absolutely. I, my mentors have been huge sources of encouragement to me when I'm feeling lonely one because I feel like they have the perfect balance of like empathy and sass so they (laughs) go back and (laughs) forth from Chris I totally get it I'm so sorry like how you doing but also hey you know what you don't have to stay there and and you here are some ways that you can combat this here are some verses that you can go read here are some things you can be praying for and so if you don't have a mentor. Those are two qualities I would highly recommend you look for in somebody, somebody who is, or I guess three qualities, someone who's ahead of you (laughs) in life, someone who can empathize with you, but who also is very um, straightforward in the way that they deliver truth and uh, the way they challenge you. But yeah, I think that's a really great step to take right now. 
Yeah. And talking about delivering truth, uh, the next one I would say, read your Bible, deliver that truth to yourself. God has given, you know, the Bible says of itself, we have everything necessary for life and godliness. God has given us everything we need. And so, you know, Second Timothy says, the scripture is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that you will be equipped for every good work. So get in the word, see what God says about where you're at. Yeah. And I know with Easter having just passed, like a lot of people have been reading about the life of Jesus and his death and resurrection. And I think it's so encouraging. It's going to sound terrible, but like reading (laughs) about Jesus's life, knowing that he felt lonely. I think about when Peter denied Jesus. And, you know, you, I've read and heard this story a thousand times growing up, but if you really sit down and think about that, think about for a second, your best friend who you have spent every single day with for the, at least the last three years, and you are on the, in the midst of the absolute worst circumstances of your life. You're in pain. Everybody is, has turned their back on you. And here's your best friend. And they are like, I don't even know who you are. Three times, not just once, like three yeah. different times. And how I think about, oh my gosh, if, like my best friend is who I'm, one of the people that I'm depending to always be there, no matter what I'm going through. Yeah. And so you read that account, you're like, gosh, that he had to have felt so lonely mm-hmm. in that moment of, I literally, he's like, I literally have my father and nothing else is probably, I'm not going to describe what I think Jesus was thinking, but if I had to think through <laughs> my human brain, it would basically, okay, everybody's turned yeah. back on me now. And I love Hebrews 4.15 that says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. So even in that moment, Jesus could have lashed out at Peter. He could have been like, to heck with all of this. I'm going to show all of you how powerful I am. And I'm just going to overtake yeah. all of you because I'm God. He didn't. And he still was perfect and all of that. And we have that as an example to follow. But if we don't read about it, we we don't know what that looks like and we we don't fully and i don't think we'll ever fully understand just because we're human but how all the things that jesus went through all the things that he struggled with and yet he still yeah. lived perfectly mm-hmm. and we have access to so much context of his life and oh yeah even more so now when we have you know a million more hours in the day is what it feels like <laughs> yeah we have plenty of time to read about this. Yeah, use use that time well. My um our pastor in our in the sermon, I guess. Man, I can't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago now, but one of the things he talked about was don't waste this season. You know, there's plenty of things that are hard and not ideal and you wouldn't pick about this season we're in right now, but don't waste it. God has it for a purpose and so much good can come from this in your spiritual growth because you have that time. We probably won't ever have this kind of time again if we're being realistic, so don't waste it. But just like you were talking about with looking at Jesus' life, one thing to keep in mind is he was isolated and looked upon as being an outsider more than you and I ever will. And the verse that always comes to mind for me is out of Isaiah 53, I think it's verse 3, that says, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as from one who men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. In my (laughs) deepest feelings of loneliness, that could never be said about me. Mm -hmm. So 
just just keep that perspective there i think is is what i would say yeah and along with that you know another thing that i think you can do during this time is as you're reading your bible you know pray scripture so finding these verses or passages that are speaking to the loneliness that you're feeling or that remind you hey you know what i may be feeling lonely but jesus knows exactly what that feels like and yeah. i can come to him for peace and comfort in that because he knows exactly and he created me so he knows what i'm feeling mm -hmm. even more than i do yeah and you know i think for bethany and i both praying scripture has been a huge part of our walk with christ for the past several years and has really helped us grow in our faith and um, I had the opportunity to speak at a women's event in Knoxville last year. And one of the things that I talked about was taking your feelings and replacing them with truth. And I think a lot of times, particularly with loneliness, we let our feelings basically call the shots for us. And we're way more focused yeah. on that. And we kind of push truth to the side because it's like, oh, well, I'm feeling lonely. So I'm going to sit in that. Well, no, I don't have to. But we shouldn't. Yeah, no, we shouldn't. And I've talked about, you know, we are tempted to kind of say, you know what, Lord, I know you say that you'll never leave me or forsake me, but I feel really lonely right now. And instead, what we can do in that moment is switch those two around and say, you know what, Lord, I do feel really lonely right now, but I know that you say you'll never leave me or forsake me. And so I'm going to hold on to that. Mm -hmm. And just switching that statement around makes a huge difference in you deciding, you know what, I'm going to replace my feelings with what I know is true. And I'm going to cling to that. You know, that's when you pray, you know, Lord, help me to believe despite my unbelief, like help me to really pay way more attention to what you say is true, what you say about me, what you say about yourself, than what uh, all the feelings that are, you know, going through my head and my heart right now. Yeah, I know for me, praying scripture has just been like, it's been really integral to improving my prayer life um, over the past couple of years. I know there was a book, it's called Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney. It's a tiny little book. You could probably read the whole thing in an hour. Like it does not take long. But the whole thing he talks about is, you know, we get stuck like, or it feels like you just pray saying the same old things about the same old things over and over. When we sit down to pray, like that's how it ends up so much. So instead of doing that, go to the Psalms. And that's where he starts is like in the Psalms and like reading through, like read it and then pray through that, thanking the Lord for his promises and applying them to your life. And it's just such a cool way to see what God wants us to, to pray about are those things as opposed to this like, laundry list of things that you want, you know? Mm -hmm. And again, it's just another way of getting that focus off of yourself. Yeah. I'm really glad you brought up the Psalms because something I've noticed recently, so I'm doing a read through the Bible in a year mm -hmm. thing and Wednesdays are Psalms days. Okay. So, um, something I've noticed, the Psalms are great if you're struggling because yes. all the ones that David wrote when he was being chased and Try people trying to kill him and all of that. I mean, you, most of us are not dealing with that uh, level of fear and despair. Yeah. Um, but he so beautifully captures a lot of what we're feeling. <laughs> but it's so cool to me because every time you read a psalm, it starts something like, Lord, are you there? 
do you hear me? Will you help me? I'm scared, whatever. But then always at the end, it feels like he says, but I can praise the Lord because I know he is good and he has been Mm -hmm. good to me. And it's this constant reminder of, yes, he's scared and yes, he's afraid. And yes, he's like, Lord, are you, are you listening? Because it doesn't, you know, this is Mm -hmm. all going insane right now and I have no control and I'm so afraid or I'm so lonely or I'm so hurt, but you know what? It's like, he's reminding himself of that truth. Like Mm -hmm. we're saying, you know what, Lord, I can trust you because you've proven yourself faithful before and I know you can do it again. And, and he'll if, do that for you too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Of course he will. So yeah, the Psalms are a great place to great place to start if you want to pray scripture. Yes. Agreed. Okay. So our last one that is, I think, very helpful is, and when we say it, it's like, duh, but it really helps. Find a change of scenery. Get up, get out of the house, which I realize is not the easiest thing in the world to do right now, <laughs> but get creative. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we know that this is a really hard time for a lot of people right now. We were talking about before we started recording how we're very grateful that we're both introverts. So we can, we feel kind of bad because we feel like we're handling this better than some people as far as just the decreased level of social interaction. But then we're like, oh my gosh, if we were stuck with 3000 people (laughs) for a month and couldn't leave, we'd be miserable. And that's what people are feeling on the other side of this. So Mm -hmm. we get that it's hard and we get that loneliness can feel even more prominent when you're quarantined. Um, you know, even the most introverted of all introverts get after four weeks is probably like, okay, you know what? I would like to see people. Yeah. I saw something on Instagram last night. I'd sent it to Lindsay and it was like, I know I'm a homebody, but I at least like going to one or two places. Every <laughs> <day."> <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, that seems really true. So we get that it's a, this is a very hard time and we all have no idea what we're doing or how long this is going to last, which makes it even harder. Yeah. Well, and not only are you just feeling lonely, but your sense of like routine and normalcy has been stripped away as well, which just kind of then heightens that. (laughs) Lindsay and I went out the other day and we took, like we went by Chick-fil-A and got milkshakes and we like took them to a few friends and just like left them at the door or we like, <laughs> we were being funny. We had a tape measure and like stuck it like six feet out the window and we're like, don't come any closer. But anyway, all of that to say, I was texting someone yesterday and I was like, you know, that kind of backfired because that whole afternoon felt so normal hmm. and I had kind of forgotten what normal felt like a little, but now it's like, oh yeah, going places. That was fun. <laughs> So <laughs> it's a little bit backfired and then I'm like, oh man, I want to be able to do that again. So yeah. we get it. It's hard. You're stuck inside. You can't see your friends. And so you're more prone to that loneliness. So just kind of maybe get creative, go do what you can. I don't know what those things would be, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, and being quarantined doesn't mean you have to stay in your bedroom 24 seven. No. Like, and you know, go, if you have a porch or a patio, go sit on it. I know the weather's different where a lot of people are listening, but in Georgia, it's been beautiful the yes. past couple of weeks. It's finally quit raining. Yes. I do have a new goal. You know, I have my, you know, I'm saying spend this time, study your Bible, get closer to the Lord. But then another goal I have for the quarantine is to come out of it naturally tanner than I was when I went in it. So been working on that one. There you go. That's a great goal. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Get on your porch or your patio. Go for a walk. Like you are allowed to do that. Um, yeah. As of now. So enjoy it while you can until they 
<laughs> I don't think they'll ever get to the point where they no. are. They would be a revolt. Yes. Just not the way our government was established. No. But go for a walk. Go for a drive. That has been my saving grace the past mm-hmm. two or three weeks is I have, because I go on drives. I went on drives before we were quarantined. It was just a fun thing for me to do. But now it gets me out of the house. Even I don't more. interact yeah, with anybody but I have the windows down and I get fresh air and it just gives you a little bit of a, like a breather. <laughs> yeah. Are you ever tempted to feel like if you pull up to a stoplight next to someone with your windows down and their windows are down, you're like, should I be rolling my windows up now? I'm not really sure what to do. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> well, and I felt like every time I saw a cop, I was like, do I need to have my windows up? Is this not social distancing? <laughs> no. I'm driving with my windows down. You're like pull um, up behind you on the loudspeaker. Hey, yeah. you, roll your, your windows, windows up. up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, just, you know, get creative as best you can and get a change of scenery while also following all the laws that are in place currently, but it will do you a world of good um, rather than you just, you know, sitting on your bed or on your couch, staring at a wall or a TV or whatever it is that you're looking at. It gets your mind going and the endorphins that your body produces whenever you exercise are really good for your mental health as well so all kinds of perks here just do what you can to try to expand your horizons ever so slightly in the midst of all of this yeah and I think that it will really do you some good in finding loneliness I agree completely. I think that's all we got today, guys. It is. Thank you for joining us. As always, we will be back next week. uh, And next week, we are talking about uh, dating apps and what you need to know before you start swiping. So you can thank us later that we learned all of these things the hard way for you. And we'll go from there. But hey, if you have listened today and you've liked what you've heard, it's helped you in some way, would you tell a friend about us? That is the best thing you could possibly do for us is just tell someone else about our show. We would really appreciate it. We will be back next week. Until then, I am Bethany. Oh, Kristen's got her hand up. I was not paying attention. I was in a groove. What were you going to say? I was just Couchcast Live one more time. We are going live for Couchcast once again this Friday. So if you're not already following us on Instagram, you can find us at LFTM underscore podcast. And we will be answering your questions on Friday live. But until then, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle.